Thank you for downloading A Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan. Hi, I'm Tim Donnelly. Welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us today. I've been blessed to study communications at the famous Moody Bible Institute, philosophy of religion at the esteemed Talbot School of Theology. However, one man taught me more than anyone how to clearly communicate the gospel, and I'm excited to talk to him today. Alec has a passion for pursuing truth, practicing tolerance, and promoting critical thinking. An author and a speaker, you can find out more about Alec and his resources at www.alexmcclellan.com. Alec grew up in Edinburgh, Scotland. After studying in the United States and preparing for full-time ministry, Alec returned home and served alongside his godly friend, Ian Leach. Ian is a gifted evangelist who has served around the world for over 50 years. Known for his passion, compassion, and gift in clearly communicating the gospel, on today's program, you'll enjoy meeting him and be blessed to hear his story. When I took my first steps into Christian ministry, having returned to Scotland from a period of studying in the USA, I had the wonderful opportunity to work alongside a very good friend of mine, a godly man who I've learned so much from in life and in ministry. And I'm very excited to introduce him to you today and to have the the chance to peel back some of the layers of his life, to look behind the curtain, to see how God has worked in the life of this remarkable man over a course of many years. And so it's great to have a chance, Ian Leach, to talk to you today. And uh, Ian, you're a great, great friend. I want to thank you so much for all that you've poured into my life. Um, You've been such an encouragement in so many ways. And I want to turn the clock back to hear a little bit more about your journey and your story right from the very beginning, just to see how God had been working and has been working and continues to work in your life to be a blessing to you, but also through you to so many other people. And so back in Scotland, where you were born, you're born in a very picturesque part of the country. Could you talk a little bit about where you were raised and brought up and what that looked like? Yeah, I was raised in uh, the border country of Scotland where the hills grew, went up to about 3,000 feet. They were very close to each other. The valleys were narrow. With And um, I lived in a little place called Tweedsmuir. And it was very, very well known by the Covenanters and people like that in the past. And um, it was there that um, I, I dreamed of climbing over the hills and getting to the top and wondering what was on the other side. And um, that's part of what's driven me. I, I see a challenge and I want to, uh, to, to, to accomplish it. Mm. And it was there. Uh, we were evacuated and my dad and mom, um, dad worked in Edinburgh, bicycled on a bike out to um, Tweedsmere and my mum looked after us there. We, we had a happy home and, and a, a kind of poor home, but life was good. Mm. And what about the, the spiritual dynamic, the, the Christian context? Could you share a little bit about what that looked like? Yes. Um, for instance, on the farm, when dad came home at the weekends, mum played a little... Um, a little organ, but you pedal with your feet and the, all the kids, and there weren't many, but the kids in the valley would come for a Sunday afternoon. And so 
she had us all singing and um, dad would give a, a gospel message or, or a thought that would be helpful to young people. Mm. And I know that in your life and in your ministry, you help people uh, who even have grown up in a, a context of religion or Christianity, but you help them really understand the, the importance of taking that personal step. What did that look like in your life when you reached that point? Well, I was being very convicted by my lifestyle as a 12-year-old. And uh, when an invitation was given um, at an evangelistic event, um, what amazed me was I instantly wanted to respond and say, yes. Mm. I've often wondered things like, I wonder if the Brethren Assembly had given an invitation. Would I have been gone forward before that? Mm. And then I've grown up enough to know, no, God's in charge of everything. He knows what's going on. And the passion of the evangelist I heard preaching the night I got saved. Uh, it was an American who had been a Russian. His name was Hyman Appleman. Mm. And that night I was so moved that I responded to the invitation and knelt down and trusted in Jesus for myself. Beautiful. And I know that was the, the start of your journey and what a journey. But God knew that on that journey, you would need someone alongside you, uh, an encourager, uh, a partner in ministry, and you're married to the beautiful Morag, a wonderful, godly woman. And it always makes me smile when you tell the story about how you and Morag really uh, met and made the connection. Could you just share that very quickly? Yeah, um, I'd seen these two girls in church with this man that sat between them. It looked like his fa face read like this. No boys come near this, these <laughs> girls. I arrived at a Halloween party the youth group were having, and we had to take a partner for a game that we were to play in. I went to one of the girls because the twins were there. I didn't know their names never spoken to them before. And I said to this twin, Ex excuse me, would you be, and a hand hit me, pulled me around and said, that one's mine. And I said, keeper, there's another one who looks the same over there. And that's how I met my wife. Wonderful. And that is true. <laughs> and what a dynamic duo you have been. And as you started to move forward, living in Scotland, uh, there was a step of preparation that God had uh, in place for you to really prepare for ministry. Talk a little bit about your passion to move into training for ministry and where God opened the door for you. Um, my dad and mom again uh, took us to here, the Moody Corral, on its first tour of Britain in Edinburgh. But immediately that corral meeting was over because of the music, because of the young people's testimonies. I kept telling people, I'm going to go to Moody Bible Institute. And to be honest, some of my best friends said, shut up, Ian, you're going nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, and so in the end, um, I used to preach in the open air. I remember two of us where there was communists and there was Hindus and, and all the rest of it. I remember we said, I wonder if we could start an open air on our own. We were young and we did and we got a crowd. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, we didn't know everything to say too. That was the problem. So I knew I needed training. 
in the end, it was fascinating because without any question, two people had a great influence me. One you would expect and the other wouldn't. A printer at the printing works where I worked said to me this day as he was washing his hands, he said, come on, come here, come here, son. I thought you were going into the ministry. Now, I'd be 20, 24 at the time. I thought you were going into the ministry. And I, and I stuttered and said, I am. He said, well, listen, son, if you don't move now, you'll never go. You need to move. Within no time, Alan Redpath, our pastor, he's going away from church and he rolls down the window and calls Morrigan and I over and said, I always find it easy to know God's will for other people. And then he had a little chuckle. He said, God wants you in the ministry. Rolled up the window and drove off. And so that caused us to pray and to seek clearly um, what God's will was. That's amazing. And God opened the door for you and Morag to go to Chicago. You studied at Moody Bible Institute. I know that Moody in America have continued to be a, a very important in your lives. So many godly friends that you have across the country in America as well as around the world. And when you went back to Scotland to get into ministry, and you've had a long-standing connection with the Herald's Trust. Uh, Ian was a singer with a band that uh, had a, a huge impact across Scotland and even across the United Kingdom. Um, and when you went back to Scotland working with the Heralds, which became the Heralds Trust, really freeing you and your call to be an evangelist, traveling across the country, across the world, many different countries. Just as we are, we've got about four minutes left, Ian, but just think about some of the, what some of the challenges that you've faced um, as you've stepped out into ministry, as you look back over many years of faithful ministry, what have been some of the challenges to really take that gospel that you've been so desperate to share to different parts of the world? Um, what I would say very simply and as clearly as I could, I grew up believing in faith and you never asked anyone for anything. Mm. And so all the money that came in was never asked for. It came. Mm. That was a, a very hard thing. And um, another obstacle for me was the obstacle of loneliness because Morag obviously couldn't travel with me and bringing up our son, you become very lonely. So in these situations, I learned that, you know, it's not God's wanting me to do all the work for him. It's that he wants to work through me and do all the work he wants to do. Um, and over and over again, I've seen the sheer lack of people being able to defend their faith. So apologetics became huge starting at Moody Bible Institute. Mm. Um, people were scared to do anything, say anything. And I began to teach them um, in training for outreaches called Each One Bring One. I began to train them to start with be who you are, not who you want to be. Be who you are. Who did God create? What are your, what's your personality? What's your temperament? Now learn from others, but become what God created you to be. 
and start by telling your own story mm. and share it and start with your own neighbors. You used to give out tracts in other parts of the city, but we never gave them out to the street that we lived in. Mm. Mm. And I could go on, but in the end, as I look back, I say this honestly. I've preached in situations, school, schools, colleges, universities, hospitals, prisons, etc. And if truth we be told, I don't even have the qualifications necessary to go and study in these places or work in these places. So in the end, I'm a great believer that as a little boy gave five loaves and two fish, it fed 5,000 because Jesus did the work. Mm. And he's only asking me to give myself. My eyes to look through, my ears to listen through, my voice to speak through, my feet to walk through, and my hands to serve through. Mm. And the great cry is, Lord, here am I, send me. And it can't stop, it drives me day by day by day. Ian, I think that's one of the greatest encouragements that you bring to the table and you make it accessible to people. And what I love about you and your ministry is that you fuse that passion with compassion. Wherever you go, people love you because when they look at you, they see Jesus. And Ian, I want to thank you for our friendship and uh, thank you for being a blessing to me and a blessing to many. And thank you for sharing today. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more about Alec and his resources at alexmcclellan.com. That's www.alexmcclellan.com. I'm Tim Donnelly, and thanks for listening to A Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan. Mm-hmm.